Imagine a storm striking a developing nation. Countries with low levels of development, weak housing, low social services, lack of medical care, lack of adequate and food, water supplies. It's truly a recipe for disaster. Now last time on that jog pod we focused on Hurricane Katrina, the infamous storm that left New Orleans in utter chaos. This week we are going to look at the Typhoon Haiyan, a tropical cyclone more powerful and more extreme than Katrina. It will go down as one of the most powerful tropical cyclones of all time. The dubbed Super Typhoon ravished the Philippines, South China, Vietnam and Taiwan in the autumn of 2013. This storm isn't as well known as Katrina, maybe as it should be. Although Haiyan was a weather event that impacted on several countries, the Philippines bore the brunt of the damage. Haiyan recorded wind speeds of up to 195 miles per hour, killing 6,500 people just in the country of the Philippines. Haiyan was born in the tropical waters of the Western Pacific. The storm then headed western towards Southeast Asia, where it was tracked, grown in strength, and the power from the warm waters, it eventually grew into a super typhoon with a category 5. By the time it reached the Philippines it was sustaining wind speeds of 195 miles per hour when it made landfall. The Philippines is located in Southeast Asia and consists of 7,000 islands ranged in size and population. Overall the population is just over 100 million making it the 12th largest population on planet Earth. It is a developing, newly emerging economy with the average citizen making around $4,000 per year. A super typhoon would collapse a country like the Philippines in total pandemonium. The effects of Typhoon Haiyan were mainly caused by the dramatic wind speeds and severe storm surges the typhoon brought to the eastern Philippines. In some areas the storm reached levels of 20 foot, causing major damage and death due to drowning. The death toll for the storm sits at a chilling 7,000 people almost four times more costly to life than Katrina. In total, typhoon costs of, the, of Haiyan cost $3 billion in damage. It is also to be noted that Katrina was $100 billion. However, the economic cost tends to be low in developing nations as they simply don't have expensive stuff. Cars, technology, fancy buildings do not need to be replaced to be in a storm like Haiyan. The Philippines does not have the expense and the glamour of America. Six million people lost their sources of income to Haiyan. Fishing communities were devastated with an estimated 30,000 fishing boats being totally destroyed. 1.9 million people were made homeless by the storm, displacing a further 600,000 people from different areas across the eastern Filipino islands. 71,000 hectares of farmland were poisoned by salt water from the storm surge, affecting food supplies and farmers' livelihoods. Major roads, railway lines and airports were blocked by debris, making it impossible to distribute aid after the storm had hit. Haiyan was biblical. It was a storm that was straight out of the plagues of Egypt, but it was real, it was now, it was happening in Philippines. Haiyan was a tropical cyclone, almost film-like, but could it have been worse? How did the area respond, predict and prepare? Was there adequate preparation in that area? 
Even though the loss of life was significant, it could have been a lot worse. The Philippines, with the assistance from Japan, were tracking the storm long before it hit the island's nation. Originally, only a level 1 warning was given, which is the lowest level of 4, to some eastern areas. As the typhoon moved closer to the islands, the level of warning increased, and more areas were given warnings. By the time the typhoon made landfall on the 7th of November 2013, most of the eastern islands were under a level 4 warning. The storm surges of Haiyan were predicted two days in advance, with a complete list that was broadcasted over media the night before Haiyan made landfall. Unfortunately, despite the advance warnings, these were not translated into the appropriate action in every coastal village in the central Philippines region. To get a message across an island nation of 7,000 is difficult, especially of one of lower development um, economy. Those people in areas at risk of flooding and landslide were evacuated to safer areas. The military were ordered to send planes and helicopters to the regions that were most at risk to be ready to help with aid and send in help. In other areas, government emergency shelters were not on ground high enough to escape the massive five metre storm surge, so were overwhelmed. Now the response to Haiyan were were mixed. Seven provinces of the Philippines were placed under a state of national calamity. The relief effort was slowed by blocked roads and major damage to local airports. Some areas remained isolated for days without any help, food, water supply, with no sources of clean water available because of burst pipes and the contamination from seawater. Many people were without safe water for a long time. People needed to be evacuated from badly hit areas such as Tacloban City, but because there was no electricity for light, the evacuations could only happen during daylight hours. These delays caused panic and people had to be held back from rushing the evacuation planes when they landed by police and military personnel. The focus of relief efforts in Tacloban meant that other people in devastated areas felt abandoned as aid was reaching them more slowly. Now what needs to be learned in the Philippines in the area that was hit by Typhoon Haiyan? It quickly became clear that some aspects of the responses were inadequate, especially the lack of warning to all of the coastal region of the Philippines, basically getting that message out to everyone, villages, towns, cities. The lack of warning made um, the severity of the storm more extreme. Failure to enforce evacuation of the vulnerable areas cost lives, damage, and so on. Efforts have been made to learn lessons from Typhoon Haiyan in order to improve the resilience of the Philippines to such weather hazards. In prediction, forecasting has improved significantly, especially for storm surges in the area. There is now more international cooperation, working closely with Japan and China to predict these storms. In terms of protection, well, new homes are being built on higher ground to reduce the risk of further uh, deaths and damage from storm surges and river flooding. More cyclone shelters are being constructed to improve local resilience on higher ground and to, pro to provide safe and adequate shelters. Education about such weather events can improve uh, in the area, with local people being taught education programmes for all ages and they have been enhanced so they know how better to react and get out, there, out of the area. 
new strategies proved successful. Just over a year later, the Philippines was subject to another Category 5 storm. But in marked contrast, this only killed 18 people compared to 7,000. Thank you for listening to this week's That Jog Pod. On reflection, it's almost embarrassing that this storm didn't really make the news in the UK. You mentioned Katrina and there's a shared conscience in the Western world. Haiyan? Nothing. I think us in the developed West need to be more aware of the happenings in the developing world, especially moving into the future. Haiyan was a super typhoon, and with oceans and seas warming at an alarming rate, super will become the norm. Extreme weather events will go from the phenomena to the inevitable, so we better prepare. Join me in the next episode as we move on to the tectonic hazards, another natural killer on this planet of ours. <laughs>